morning say amen amen i appreciate brother jimmy coming and helping us out this morning it's good to have him back with us him and his family's here today and we'll be enjoying some of their singing here in just a little while he's playing a piano for us as you can see i hope y'all got a chance to reunite together with him let's all stand together here this morning grab your red songbook this morning if you're not able to get to one we'll be singing i'll fly away very very familiar song i trust most people know it i'll fly away hymn number 333 this morning and your red back hymnal singing all three verses and just enjoy yourself today. Amen. Here we go. <laughs> You're all right, brother. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Some glad morning when this life is over.
one day? Say amen right there. I do. I tell you, you don't realize how much you miss somebody until they're not here. But uh, just uh, be in prayer for them as they're traveling away from us. They're uh, working for the college this week, had a business trip to be at. And uh, just pray for them as they travel. Pray for services here today. Boy, I really want God to meet with us here today. And I trust you've been prepared, preparing your heart, getting ready for what he has for you to hear today. And uh, just looking forward to what he's going to do in our services. So glad to see everyone today. Good looking full house being here today. Brother Carl, why don't you come up here and pray for us this morning, brother. And uh, y'all be in prayer for the choir as we get prepared to sing a couple more numbers and songs. Like I said, it's good to have Brother Jimmy back with us. I asked him to sing a song he used to sing so much when they was here with us all the time. And I trust it'll bless your heart. Before we get there, Brother Carl, just ask a blessing over the service this morning. Let's pray. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be back in your house this morning. God, we thank you for the good number we have here this morning. God, we just ask that you'd be with each one here. God, we know each one came with a special burden, special desire, but God, we ask you that you'd answer each one according to your will. And God, for the ones that are maybe here lost this morning, God, we especially ask you to be with them. God, we ask that they not walk out in the same condition that they came in. God, we know that they had the remedy because, God, you sent your son to die on that cross to be the remedy of sin. God, we know that all they have to do is ask you for forgiveness. God, you're able and just and willing to forgive. And God, for the ones that may be here with a heavy heart, God, we just ask that you'd bless them. Just ask that you'd relieve that burden that they're under this morning. God, if they'll just bring it to the cross and lay it down, you'll take it. God, we just ask you for the many that are sick this morning. God, that may be here, may not be here. God, we ask that you touch them according to your will. But God, we ask that we lay all of this aside this morning. We just ask that you'd give us a time of worship. God, just ask that you'd give us a time that we could just praise you this morning. God, we just ask that you'd be with Brother Ken as he stands to break a bread of life this morning. Just ask that you'd give him the message we stand most in need of. God, we just ask that you'd anoint him with power from on high. God, just give him the message that each one of us stands in need of this morning. God, we just ask that you be with our pastor and his wife as they're traveling. Just ask that you give them traveling mercies and safety. Just ask you to bring them back when it's that time, God. And just ask that while they're traveling, God, we know that you have somebody here that can step in the spot. And God, we just thank you for Brother Ken that you, you've given him to us that you'll allow him to do that. But God, most of all, we thank you for, you, for your son coming to die for us. And God, we just ask that you just give us a few moments that we'll take and think about what Jesus Christ has done for us, how he laid down his life for us, and God, how he didn't ask for anything in return except just our love. God, we just thank you this morning and ask you all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Ask Brother Jimmy to sing a song for us this morning. I don't know what a lot of you going through, been through this week. I know some people's buried some loved ones. And people's battling a lot of things. It's oftentimes when we go through the darkest times of our life, that's when we get the closest to God. I wonder what you're going through this morning. I want you to relax. Just let down your hair just a little bit. Some of us can, some can't. Just let down your hair just a little bit. Sit back and let the Lord speak to you. Altars are always open up here at SAGBC. You don't have to have the preaching time. You don't have to have imitation time. They're open all the time. If you've got a burden, you need to come share with the Lord. Listen as Jim, Jimmy ministers and song to us. His choir backs him up. Sweet things in dark places. I want to know. 
Him better. Oh, I want to be closer. I want to learn about the heart that was broken for me. But it may require suffering, but I am willing for the darker the valley. The more clearly I'll see, there will come sweet things out of dark places. talking to a preacher a few months ago about this song and he said Jimmy I've listened to this song that song doesn't do a thing for me and I thought to myself honey you just hold on about five more years in the ministry you're in you're going to go through some dark times and songs like this will minister to your heart if you've been down the road a little while but I'm thankful for the times when it's just me all by myself and I needed something didn't even know what I needed the Holy Ghost has slipped up beside me just put his arms around me and what a sweet presence it was some of you need that this morning amen and if I am broken these words will be spoken 
and their precious words that I may never have had the privilege to hear. Child, I brought you to this dark valley just to show you my glory. And oh, how sweet is the darkness when our Father Sister Anna to sing a song for us this morning. She does such a good job at it. I tell you, if you know God's been good in your life, why don't you just give him a big old amen this morning? I feel like we get so reserved a lot of times in the church house that we hinder the Spirit of God from working amongst us. I'm not saying we got to bounce around and be all kind of crazy. If you feel the good old shout coming on, you're in a good place this morning to give it a shout. The shout just ain't reserved for a football, a basketball, or a baseball. Though I love all those things, the shout's reserved and praise is reserved for God. Feel them touching you this morning. Lift up your hand. Give them a big old hand clap of praise. Whatever's necessary. Feel comfortable amongst us this morning. Preaching time hasn't come yet. Trying to prepare your hearts for what God wants to, to do for us today. Pray for Anna as she sings for us this morning.
touches me every time that it's sung. God don't owe us nothing. Not one thing. He sent his best for us. God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're not worthy of so great a salvation. But God looked down on all of humanity and said there has to be a sacrifice. Somebody has to pay for sin. His son said, Father, I will. He took our place. Everything Christ endured on the cross of Calvary should have been me. And it should have been you. God has blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. Never in a million years would I ever have thought I would be where I'm at right now. And I'm not worthy of none of it. None of it at all. I don't know how God's speaking to your heart this morning. I'm going to ask you to sing the second verse one more time. There's somebody in here this morning, you're carrying a heavy load. You got a major burden on your back. Just come on up here, back up your dump truck, and dump it all on Jesus this morning. You got a wheelbarrow full? He'll take it. He'll take the handles right out of your hand. He'll carry it for you. Quit carrying that stuff around. God said, I want to take it. He wants to bear your burden. He's the great burden bearer. He wants to take that load off of your life. Why don't you come on down to this old-fashioned altar? Pour your heart out to him. Release it and let it go. Sing for us, Anna. Second verse. Time's replay and I can see I've cried some bitter tears But I felt his arms around me As I faced my greatest fears You see, I've had more gains than losses And I've known more joy than hurt As his grace rolled down upon me
playing softly, Brother Jimmy. Keep playing softly. People's getting some help this morning. I'm out of my comfort zone. I normally don't do nothing like that. When people's getting help, I don't know where to stop. Just let the Lord work. Amen. Let the Lord minister to your heart. Sometimes I feel we get so hard-hearted. Life has dealt you a bad hand, maybe, or maybe you've been through some circumstances, some situations that you just was not ready for. But God's there through it all. Don't get bitter on God. Don't get hard on God this morning. Let's be in prayer for the rest of the services. Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. If you enjoyed that choir this morning, give them a big amen. Had to deal with me leading it. That was pretty tough. Amen. Somebody have a bullet to knock up Barbara? I don't have one. I'm coming off a platform. Y'all watch out. <laughs> okay. Amen. Just getting instructions. Appreciate you being faithful to the house of the Lord. If you enjoyed Jimmy's plans so far this morning, say amen. Amen. It's good to have a good to have Brother Jimmy back. We like to cut up and carry on when we get around each other. It's fun to be around. Appreciate him and his family, the testimony for the Lord. They've been out serving God, been traveling all over the place, singing, ministering to people. And uh, y'all continue to pray for them and their family and his, uh, him and his wife and three young children. Amen. I know he's helping you out all he can, right? <laughs> we need to go to the altar right now, Brother Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to get him in trouble. Uh, just go over a few announcements this morning. Remember uh, our Grace Network that we support back here in the back. The uh, items are listed there in your bulletin today. Then also, don't forget, as uh, we're still collecting stuff, our Operation Christmas Child. Appreciate all the good support last week as we did our SAGBC drive-thru. I hope everybody enjoyed the spaghetti. Everybody got it? You enjoy it? Amen. Not doing it again today, though. All right. <laughs> You're going to have to go to McDonald's or Hardee's. Make sure you got your reservations made so you'll get a place there. But uh, continue to bring in stuff for Operation Christmas Child as it'll be continuing as it goes on through. I mean, not just set aside for July. If you want to bring something in, bring it on in. You find a good deal on some toys or some pencils or something, I'm telling you the truth. If you'll watch some of those videos of those kids receiving those shoe boxes in foreign countries, you can shake, you'll just shake your head and say, I cannot believe somebody gets that excited over some paper and pencils and a piece of bar of soap and a wash rag and maybe a little toy in there. I mean, it's, it's amazing, amazing how far we have come and taking things for granted and people to receive things like that. It's just such a blessing. You need to watch some of those videos. Such a great ministry there. Not only are they getting those things, but they're also getting the gospel at the same time. Many folks have come to know Christ as Savior through those shoe boxes. So it's an investment that we're making in the gospel of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So continue to bring those things in this week with school supplies. And uh, if, you, if you bring stuff in, you can just place it outside there in my outer office. And this is the final week as we uh, finish up our Christmas child uh, thing in July. So be in, just continue to bring those things in. And also mark your calendars. Next Sunday is Civil Servant Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time as we honor the policemen here in our area and as we uh, just show them that we've got their back. Amen. Don't mean we won't get any more tickets because they got to protect us out there, but it just means we got their back. Amen. <laughs> so uh, y'all be in prayer. Just because we support them don't mean that they ain't going to pull over somebody from SAGBC. <laughs> Amen. So uh, y'all honor the police force as they come in next week. Looking for a good time. Hope we pack a house out and we'll be having a meal afterwards. And uh, I got some instructions on that as well. I'm just all tore up. I'm not used to leading the choir. So I got everything kind of out of order.
<laughs> so um, next week we want to be able to give out some gift baskets and things to the police, policemen and those who come. And as we do that, we're asking that if you would, please bring in some gift cards. You know, gift cards like to maybe a McDonald's or Subway or Wendy's or Burger King. Because these police officers, a lot of times, you'll see their cars sitting in these, in these burger joints and these places and, and they're getting them something to eat. So that would just be a blessing to them to show, show them that we care. So if you would please do that, bring them in by Wednesday night if you can. And uh, we'll prepare the baskets and get them ready to hand out for the honorees there. And uh, just make sure it's to, you know, some of the restaurants around, you know, something you can get a card, $10, $15. Try to stay away from the $5 ones. You can't buy nothing for $5 no more, hardly. So uh, just try to be a blessing. Not telling you what to spend, but bring in more than $5. Amen. <laughs> they like Chick-fil-A too, as we all do. Amen. Chick-fil-A. All right. We need to move on. Then also for our, <laughs> also for our uh, meal next Sunday, uh, meats will be provided, but we do need you to bring some, and I was uh, specifically said to say this, homemade desserts. Amen. Everybody likes a good homemade dessert. Make your best cake. Make your best pie. Bring in that banana pudding. Bring in whatever it is that you make the best. Somebody's going to have a shouting fit over desserts this morning. <laughs> but just bring those things in, and uh, we're going to have a good time next Sunday, and uh, we'll have more announcements out as far as that goes. Also, next, uh, not next, but on Saturday, August the 12th, it's two Saturdays away, they'll be doing the hiking trip up to Grayson Highlands. Brother Danny's heading up this event, and if you're, you're interested in going, please uh, see him. We have more flyers out in our postal area just over here to my left as you exit the building here. And uh, just grab one of those. They're uh, Grayson Highlands, beautiful park up there. They have some wild horses and ponies up on top of the mountain. You may get lucky enough to see some of those. I know the time I was able to go, one of them was trying to eat my backpack. He found out I had some nabs in there. And he became my best friend. So uh, he followed me around for a little while. But it was a lot of fun. And uh, it is a great hike. Make sure you bring some extra clothes because oftentimes they run into a storm up there on the mountain and get rained on. So bring some extra clothes. And Danny said if you bring extra clothes, leave them in the van. That way they don't get rained on with everything else. So uh, then you're going to need some money as they come back that evening to uh, grab a bite to eat there as they're on the way back down the mountain. So just pray for that on August the 12th. Looking forward to a good time there. All right, we'll get ready to uh, send our kids out to Children's Church this morning. If you're, if you're uh, going to Children's Church this morning, I don't know how the pastor says this. I listen to him every week. I just don't pay attention. But all the boys and girls going to Children's Church, let's come up and do our penny march this morning. <coughs> First, second, third grade. Fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Amen. Come on up. Don't be shy. Grab your bucket. Go around and collect everybody's change.
Appreciate all the boys and girls going to Children's Church this morning. Come on over to my left. Go upstairs. Follow Miss Donna. Amen. If I can have the fellas come on down this morning, we'll get ready to receive this morning's offering. As they're getting ready to come down, Miss Anna, if you'll come on and get ready to sing this morning for us. Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Can't say that enough. It's wonderful to look out and see a great crowd. And y'all, y'all be in prayer for uh, these ladies as they come sing for us this morning. And Brother Matt. <laughs> I wasn't looking to my right yet, brother. I wasn't leaving you out. Make sure those are turned on. Some of them's not turned on yet. You going to take mine? I don't want you to take mine. Y'all pray for them as they sing. Brother Ed, why don't you pray for us this morning? Place where the peace passes. 
Amen. We're going to, let's stand do a song of fellowship. Song of fellowship this morning. Hymn number 55 in your blue songbook, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. We'll sing yonder. When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Verse number 55. Chapter, chapter, verse. Somebody say it for me. Page number 55. We'll do the first verse in chorus. I might be able to sing it. I don't know. trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called of yonder I'll be there when the roll is called of yonder when the roll is called of yonder when the roll is called of
getting back to your seats. Like Pastor always says, if you don't get your hand shook or get a hug around the neck around here, it's because you didn't want to. <laughs> it's because you didn't want to. It's one of the most friendliest churches I believe you'll ever be around. And I uh, appreciate the good fellowship that we have here during our handshake time. And uh, I've asked uh, Brother Jimmy, since we got him here this weekend, uh, that he'd just share a couple numbers and songs with us and uh, just sing what the Lord has laid on his heart and uh, just allow the Lord to guide him there. And right before he gets ready to sing, uh, most of you have probably already seen it in your bulletin. There's no services tonight, so I just want you to relax, sit back, enjoy yourself, and uh, you'll have the rest of the afternoon, except for those who are in the drama team. Amen. The drama team will be practicing this evening, trying to get ourselves ready for what's going to take place next week as uh, we get ready to honor those police officers that will be here. And uh, y'all just pray for that as we have practice this afternoon, starting at 2.30. Is that right, Miss Pam? 2. Starting at 2 o'clock. So be back here at 2 o'clock. We'll get a big old round of practice in this afternoon and get everything squared away. And we'll do it the best that we can to honor the police officers next week. So you pray for Brother Jimmy and Miss Ashley as they sing to us this morning. And just allow God to speak to you. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell him. He's got the green and the orange now. I switched, did the old switcheroo. All right. <laughs> it's so good to be here. I miss all you guys. And the Lord has really blessed us. We've, uh, we've been staying quite busy. Just... Uh, Still building houses and working on things and then still singing for the Lord. And uh, when we leave here today, we've got a, about a four-hour drive to, down to Gaston, three and a half hours, I think, down below, uh, almost in South Carolina. And uh, y'all pray for us tonight. But the uh, Lord's, uh, he's still burdened my heart to sing and try to be a blessing to people going through hard times. Amen, brother. And uh, it seems like the emphasis of the service has already been uh, songs that deal with people going through struggles and things, you know, and, and we've done this song. I'm going to do this one, and I'm going to do one that Lord give me a song. I actually wrote a song a couple months ago, and I want to sing it to you in just a moment, but I want my wife to come up here and sing this with me, this song right here. As the storm raged about them, the disciples were afraid Though the waves were high and the ship was tossed They could not find their way Then they awoke the master saying Lord, please save us now He rebuked the wind and the sea grew calm And they all, they wondered how God sees the storm from the other side. He knows the lessons learned, and just beyond the clouds, he sees clear skies. He speaks peace to the raging storm when peace could not be found. He already Over me. 
And I actually heard uh, Brother Tommy Steele. Some of you know Brother Tommy Steele. We call him the Man of Steel. But uh, Tommy was preaching about seven years ago up down in Eden. We were singing, <clears throat> and I wrote a chorus after he preached the message. And uh, if you know Tommy, he says, "Have I write about it?" He says, "Praise God! Hey, God, I'll take right now. God, oh God's on the throne. I'll take right now. God is good." I mean, he just preaches nonstop like that the whole time. It's just 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 shooting it at you, you know. And he preached the message. He said. I'm telling you, the message tonight is it's not over till God says it's over. And, uh, and I, man, I thought, what a song title. And uh, I thought, man, that would be encouraging. So I wrote a chorus during the message and sung it for the invitation. But for seven, eight years now, Brother Eddie, I, I can't come up with any words for it. And just a few weeks ago, Grace was playing the piano. We have electric piano. And I get on to her all the time because she leaves it on and forgets to cut it off in, in all night. And so I got up and said, Grace, you lit the piano on again. So I'm in there on the piano, and I wasn't going to play anything, and I just felt prompted just to sit down. So I started playing, and this song came to my mind. And God gave me, in about 15 minutes, gave me the lyrics to this song. And, and I just, uh, I, I love this verse. I know it's simple, but Paul writes to the church of Philippi. He said, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I got to thinking, all, if our life was a story in chapters, some of you right now feel like you're in the last chapter. You feel like it's over. And Satan whispers to you, it's through. But I love what Brother Tommy said, it's not over <laughs> till God says it's over. And uh, I love the words of this. And I, I just hope it helps one person this morning. I hope it helps more than that. But if one person gets it and it helps you, uh, then, then I'm, I'll be thrilled to death. I hope this is a help to you. Trials of this life can bring us down, even makes us question, can God be found? Then Satan whispers, it's all through. It's over, there's nothing you can do, but it's not over till God says it's over, this trial you are facing may not be through, for God wants Till God says it's through. He faced a trial that he could not bear. Job lost all he had with nothing to spare. Then Satan whispered, all through, yes, 
there's nothing you can do. Then he fell on his knees. Then he bowed his head. She said, curse him and die. But he sing you a song that I've never sang before and that's never been sang before to my knowledge. Brother Sidney Coble wrote this. It goes right along with this. It just simply says he's on our side. Bible says if God be for us who can be against us? And I, I love that verse. God holds the world in the palm of his hands and he holds the seas back from He's on our side. Tell me if God be for us, who could be against us? What can separate us from His love? When all hell comes against you, there's a place you can hide. Just look to the Lord, for He's on.
against us. What can separate us from the love of God? When all hell comes against you, there's a place you can hide. Run to the Lord, for He's on our side. Run to Appreciate that good singing this morning, Brother Jimmy. So thankful you and your wife family could be up here with us today. And uh, we'll have them back up here in just a little while, sing during invitation time. <clears throat> it's funny how the Lord orchestrates things and works things out. And if you'll get out of his way, he can, he can orchestrate things like you would never believe. Uh, me and Jimmy did talk a little bit yesterday, just, uh, just doing a little small talk. We didn't really talk about the service as much. And... Uh, it's just funny that he shared that song with us this morning. You'll understand why if you would. Please turn to Job in chapter 23 today. Job in chapter 23. It's been a while ago. I had this, uh, had this sermon laid out, and I forgot what transpired or what took place. I wasn't able to preach. We didn't have services that night or something. Pastor canceled services. He had to travel and uh, didn't get a chance to preach this. And it's been sitting in the back of my mind and in my heart and I've laid it down a couple times, almost taught it in teen class a couple times, and, and just never felt the liberty to do it. And, and uh, as I was preparing myself, trying to get ready for this weekend, God said, why don't you pull that sermon back out? And, uh, so uh, I looked over it and looked over it and uh, added a couple things to it. Don't even know if I'll get that far with it. I know, I know what time it is, and I promise you we won't be long this morning, but uh, whenever a preacher says that, don't believe him. But uh, I will try our best to be out of here in you know, 30, 40 minutes or so. But I just want the Lord to be able to work on us. And uh, Picking out songs this morning, I'm, I'm normally an upbeat type of guy. I was trying to think, man, what can we use in the choir? And uh, I was praying to the Lord this morning during Sunday school as I was teaching there. And how do you teach and pray at the same time? It's easy. God can hear it. And uh, I was just trying to get God to lead us along. And uh, So I come up here, opened up the choir book, and asked Lydia, I said, do you mind singing Field of Grace this morning? She said, sure, I'll do whatever you need. And uh, I said, great. And then I asked Brother Jimmy about sweet things. And, you know, normally we like to open up stuff with just a super fast, peppy song, get everybody ready and in the mood and get them ready for church. And I normally don't like to start off with something slow and something meaningful. But as the Lord began to pick out these songs and, and I knew the message that he had laid on my heart, everything just kind of lined right on up. Then Brother Jimmy shared that song that he wrote this morning, God Give Him. And I tell you, uh, I just love it when God orchestrates things out. We'll start in chapter 23 of Job. Many of us in here know the story of Job. Brother Jimmy shared it in the song, and you know all the trials and troubles that he went through. You have to understand, Job was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was living a good godly life, loved the Lord, everything seemed to be going right. Somebody might even say, oh, Job had the Midas touch. It just seemed like God blessed him. Everything he touched turned to gold. He had the largest, largest herds, had plenty of cattle, had all these things, wonderful home, big family, had everything everybody could ever want. The old devil got to wandering around the earth, and he went up and had a conversation with God, and God said, what are you doing? He said, wandering around the earth to and fro. And then God looks at him and said, hast thou considered my servant Job? Hast thou considered my servant Job to trouble, to perplex, 
to send him through some trials and through some dark places. He said, if I send him through these things, he will curse you. He said, hast thou considered my servant Job? He loves me. Brings us, that's just a short story. I didn't want to take all the time to build up to chapter 23, but as we get into chapter 23, I just want to start in verse number 1. Job's been getting some counsel from some good godly friends. <laughs> some of his good old buddies came by. You know, back in the Bible days, when things happened to you or circumstances arose in your life, automatically they began to think that sin had come into your life. Job, what have you done? He hadn't done nothing. Hadn't done anything. Job chapter 23, verse number 1 said, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Then I might even come to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and, under, and, and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but would he put strength in me? There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered from forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he know the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Our Heavenly Father, God, as we get into your word this morning, Father, work on hearts today, God, only in the way that you know how. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd move me out of the way and just speak through me, God. Lord, I, wanna, I want you to be able to touch hearts this morning. God, minister to those who are hurting, God, and need you. God, needs some strength from heaven. God, needs to hear your voice. God, there's people who's been in the desert, dry, barren land, God, for a long time. God, they've been looking for you, trying to find you. No matter where they go and where they turn, it seems like you're not there. God, I pray, Lord, you encourage that one that's going through a hard time. Father, those who are in sickness, Lord, I pray, God, you would strengthen their body. Father, for those who have lost loved ones, had to bury them, God, I pray, Lord, you would just wrap your arms around them, Lord, and just love on them. God, be with us here today. Lord, may your presence be amongst us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, several weeks ago, and many of you still remember the message, even uh, Brother Gravely, as he was here last week, he even, he even said, you're the guy that preached about all that baggage. I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> But uh, y'all remember that as I was carrying suitcases all over the place up here, and uh, the Lord used that, and I appreciate all the great compliments. But you know, sometimes um, you, you kind of get in the back of your mind and say, man, what a wonderful message that was. Now what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, how are you going to raise it to the next level? How are you going to go a little higher? But I've learned something in my life that the uh, only thing I can be is Ken Horsley. And all I can do is preach what God's laid on my heart. This may not be the most exciting message that I've, ever preached or ever will preach and it may be kind of on the calm side of a message it will be peppered with some preaching every once in a while because I just can't help myself but I just pray that it just touch your heart today in Job 23 in verse number 3 is my text verse today he said oh that I knew where I might find him this morning I want to preach to you just a simple thought when it seems that you can't find God. When it seems that you can't find God. I know people from my generation on back, y'all understand when I, when I say, you know, when you used to go outside and play. 
used to go outside and play. There used to be some great games we'd play on the street that I grew up. You know, we'd make up some games, but, you know, everybody played freeze tag. Everybody played red light, green light, stop. We played all those things. Everybody played hide and go seek. I mean, we'd get everybody together and play hide and go seek, and you'd run around the street or you'd run around the house, or if it was raining outside, you'd play it inside. I had a little small cousin one time. He was the greatest hide and go seek guy I ever found because, I mean, he could hide in some of the weirdest places. Man, I searched all up and down the house one time looking for him. Could never find him. There he was, balled up in the dryer. <laughs> I got in the dryer and shut the door, man. I mean, he was a small fella. It's a good day. He's great at hide and go seek. <laughs> but them good old games, I mean, those games didn't require any electricity. You can ask my mom, the street we grew up on had two other fellas uh, that grew up on the road with me. And uh, we was great friends, and every once in a while I'd be a couple other guys on the street. But, I mean, we'd go down, and we'd play ball, and we'd play basketball, and we'd play wiffle ball. We got to where we'd tape a wiffle ball up with duct tape. Man, it'd go another 100 feet, man. It was great. <laughs> you could really bean somebody with that ball. You knew you got out. Man, that ball didn't touch me. What's that red whip on your arm? <laughs> we'd wear them out, man, pegging each other. But we had a great time. We'd have home run contests and all that stuff. I mean, just grew up playing outside. That's all I've done. Everybody always asked me, how would you get so tall? I kept dirt in my shoes all the time. I mean, I had to grow. It was just in there. I stayed dirty. I was the type of ball player, especially in baseball, if I didn't get to slide or get dirty, I'd do it on purpose. It just looked like I played. I didn't think I played if I didn't get dirty. But we grew up outside and played games. We even got, you know, hide-and-go-seek could get boring sometimes, so we'd all, all go and get our camouflage. And we'd go out in the woods and play hide-and-go-seek. Now, that was tough. That was tough, but it was fun. We'd be in the middle of the summer dressed out in all our camo and sweating like a pig, but we was having a time. Playing hide and go seek. We learned how to track each other by our footprints. But one of my buddies got smart and he started walking backwards through the woods. <laughs> he walked backwards through the woods. We never we took about an hour before we found him. His brother revealed the secret. Figured that one out. There's times in our life. But it just seems that God's nowhere to be found. Not that he's moved or he has went anywhere. The problem is that we've moved. Something's happened. You need to understand God is the hide-and-go-seek champion. Just ask Adam and Eve. They was hiding in the garden from him. He came walking during the cool of the day, looking for him. He knew where they was. They was trying to hide themselves from God. You know, reality is it seems at times that we just can't find them. There's times in our life that we just feel disconnected, distant, discouraged, even dismayed. Maybe you're at a place in your life right now that you're just not feeling God move on your life. Maybe there's a time in your life where it just everything just felt so new and so fresh and so exciting and every service was ah, just amazing and you could just feel the, it was almost like the Holy Spirit was standing right beside of you just flapping his wings. Rushing all over you. You just hadn't felt God move in your surroundings in a while. Is there anybody in here this morning that I'm speaking to that, that you know how it feels and what it feels like to have strayed from God, get distant from God? You don't feel, you don't feel God like you want to. You don't see God like you should. You don't hear or sense Him like you want to or or like you wish you could. Even here in church this morning, you know, we came walking in with our church clothes on, our Bibles in our hands, 
We look the good part. We look great on the outside. But on the, on the inside, there's some turmoil going on. There's some distance in between you and the Lord going on. Something's going on inside of your heart, and you're, you're too prideful and too stubborn to admit it to the Lord, and you think you can keep everything hid from God. You can't hide nothing from the Lord. He knows what's going on inside of your heart. He lives there if you're a child of God. We sit in church and just go through the motions. That way nobody will think anything's wrong. We'll put on a good front. But when we leave the church building, we get back to our home and we're all by ourselves. Misery is waiting right there at the door. Is anybody with me here this morning? Have you ever been there when you just felt empty and weak and detached and you wondered in your own life, God, where are you? You ever been in that place where you thought you was doing something big for God, thought you was serving the Lord, doing something great for God, and you wake up one morning and you wonder and you scratch your head, how in the world did I get here? You know what it's like to be distant from God. You see, in our text this morning, we're not alone in this. In verse number 3, he said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. Don't you think Job woke up one morning and maybe scratched his head and thought, How in the world did I ever end up here? How did this come to be in my life? Where did all this turmoil come from? My kids are gone. Everything I have is gone. My wife's gone and left. She's mad at me. He lost it all. So when we read these verses right here, we have to understand that he was going through some pretty tough times. But even then, he was wondering, oh, that I knew where I might find him. A.W. Tozer said, if you ever feel distant from God, guess who moved? The Lord does not distance himself from us, but if there are things that come into our lives that can distance us from him. We allow things to creep into our lives to put a distance in between us and the Lord. We get so caught up in our world and our society that we'll put things in between us and God, and God doesn't take second place very well. Number one this morning, oftentimes we get burdened down with busyness. We're living in a busy society. We get busy. I mean, we get busy about everything. You can even get too busy in a church house and forget about God. I mean, we get covered up and busy about everything. We're living in a society, and society has, has bred us this way now, especially with our technology. But I mean, at a moment's notice, we want an answer. You text somebody, and 3.3 seconds later, if they don't text you back, you think they're mad at you. It's created some type of weird anxiety within all of us that we'll text a friend if they don't text back in five seconds. Oh no, what did I say? Man, I, I can't, all you said was, hey, they took it the wrong way. They're mad at me now. My life is over. Then they text you back and it's like, man, I love you. <laughs> and just like that, but our society has set us up that way. We want to answer automatically. There's many times in the Bible that God says, stand still. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. In Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, I'll read it to you. Luke chapter number 10. We get burdened down with busyness. Many of you probably know where I'm going with this. Luke chapter number 10, verse number 38. 
So now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she, was a, she had a sister called Mary, which was also set at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, that Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Just to get the scene set it here, they were sitting, you know, they were getting ready to have Jesus at their house. And you know how it goes when someone's getting ready to come over to the house for a meal? Hey, you got to go and set things in order. You got to dust, you got to clean, you got to vacuum, you got to get everything in order. You got to get the food prepared, you got to get the windows washed, you got to make sure the dishes are clean and spotless, because this just ain't anybody. I mean, Jesus is coming over. He's coming in, and they're getting the food prepared, and they're getting everything done, and, and Martha, she's just working and working and working, and she's busy, and we need busy people. We need people that's ready to jump in and get busy and get dirty and go to work, because, I mean, she's working and working, and all of a sudden she turns around to say something to Mary. Mary, where are you at? And she looks out the window, and Mary's sitting down at Jesus' feet. I can almost see it now when Mary just stops and says, oh, no, she didn't. So she runs out there and she runs to Jesus. Jesus, tell Martha to come back in, I mean Mary to come back in there and help me. She ain't doing nothing. And he's a Mary, Mary. I mean Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. You're careful. You're, thou art careful and troubled about many things. He said, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Jesus is telling Martha, the reason that you're not learning learning from me and growing in me is that you're always going and doing and busy and, and having to be here and having to be there and, and you're never just sitting and learning. You're never spending time with me. It's good that you care about all these things. It's good that you want your house in order, but one thing is needful that you learn from me, that you sit at my feet and spend some time with me. We need to get connected with the Lord. We need to get connected with the Lord. One of the ways that we can stay connected to God is to avoid the trappings of busyness. You see, we live in a society, and we've already talked about it, but we live in a society that's very busy. We also live in a society that is set on climbing the ladder of success. I'm all for it. I'm all for climbing the ladder of success. I believe God's people needs to be in some of the highest positions that this world has to offer so we can have some good godly people in the right places. But the problem with that is sometimes we'll put that in front of God. And that's where we get in trouble. But somehow we've got the idea that if we ain't busy, then we ain't important. We'll work a job, we'll join a club, we'll attach ourselves to this organization, that organization, and therefore we get addicted to being busy. We have to be careful even at God's house because we'll have, we'll, everybody be signing up for everything and you'll get involved in everything and before you know it, you ain't even got time for prayer hardly because you're so busy. Could it be that Jesus is showing up in your life and saying, you got too much going on? If you want to have an intimate relationship with the Lord, if you want to be close to God, then you're going to have to spend some time with Him. If you want to fill Him in your lives again, if you want to get that touch again, if you want to feel those Holy Ghost wings blowing all over you again, then there's some things we're going to have to do. You're going to have to learn to say no every once in a while. The problem with saying no is our egos get in the way. Egos get in the way. And we think that if we can't add one more thing to our resume, then we're, we just won't be important anymore and we're not going to move up the ladder. We must understand that every door that opens in our lives is not a God-ordained door. Make sure that you're walking through the right door. 
If what we're involved in pulls us away from God, then guess what? You know, it wasn't ordained of God. We need to be careful in these matters that we don't get so caught up and so busy. Now, one thing when it's a job, it's a job. And another thing is when you just volunteer to be away, we got problems. You want to hear from God? Then we're going to have to spend some more time with Him. We've got to learn to say no. And here's another one that's big for our modern-day vernacular. And don't get mad at me when I say it. But sometimes we just need to be disconnected. We need to get disconnected. Most, I'd say 99% of us probably have one of these things. Every once in a while, just turn the old thing off. Hey, that, that, it'll still be there. The messages will still be there. Your friends might be mad at you for a little while, but just answer them back. They'll know that you're not mad at them. But every once in a while, just turn the thing off. Let it die. Hey, it's peaceful. Many of you know we took a vacation a few weeks ago, and one of the best things about going on a cruise, which now you can buy a package so you can stay connected, but one of the best things about going on a cruise, no cell phone service. For seven days, phone didn't ring, wasn't texting, no emails, no Facebook, none of that stuff. Man, you're talking about a relief. Didn't feel no anxiety, didn't feel no pressure, didn't feel mad, didn't feel sad. None of that thing. I mean, wonderful. We need to learn to take a break for it from it every once in a while. Now, I know some of us have jobs where you have to stay connected with, you know, with the home base there, if you so to say, because you've got to get emails and all these things. But every once in a while, we need to let it go. Sit back and just listen and just enjoy, just enjoy the things God has for us. We're too connected. There has to be some times when we get disconnected from this world. Then also we need to learn to rest. We need to learn to rest. We get so wrapped up and caught up in being busy that we get wore out. Then we come to God's house wore out and we're giving him the leftovers. We need to rest. Then also we need to get plugged into the right source. Have you ever been wandering through your house or been looking for use something in the house or maybe going to the kitchen and there's an appliance there that you want to use, a toaster, the coffee maker, or whatever? I'm not a coffee drinker, but I've witnessed it. You walk up to the coffee maker and you're expecting coffee to be made and you walk in and that thing's unplugged. Man, I've seen people get mad over that. Who unplugged that coffee maker? I mean, that's, that's like the eighth cent of the world or something. I mean, it's, you just don't mess with that thing. But you go over there and you can, when that thing's unplugged, you can hit all the buttons that you want to. It ain't coming on. It's not plugged into the power. If we're going to be we going to feel God. If you want God on your life, you got to be plugged into the right source. You need to get unplugged from the society sometimes and plug back into God and watch him work. But sometimes God walks up to us and he's a poking on that thing and he's a smacking on that thing and he's hollering all he can. You're not plugged in. He's wanting to use you. No power. No power. And as a Christian, in order to feel God, we must stay plugged in to the right source. When we feel disconnected to God, the result of that many times is a poor prayer life. That's one way we stay connected to the Lord is through our prayer. We talk to God through prayer. He speaks back to us through circumstances and events, and he speaks back to us through his word. Prayer keeps you plugged into God. How can we have any power if we're not connected to the Lord? Could it be that we don't hear God or feel God or sense God because we have a very poor prayer life? Many of us husbands in here, we would dare not go more than, you know, just a little while without talking to our wives. Why? Because you want peace to be at the house. 
You want tranquility to be there? You want it to be just a spiritual oasis when you go home? But you go, you go a day or, or a couple or, or 24 hours or a couple days without speaking to the wife? Man, I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. Most church-going Christians pray less than 15 minutes a day. No wonder our lives are so messed up and we're constantly struggling. You think about it, we got problems up to here. Less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. People getting on your nerves all the time. Less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. We've got our priorities in the wrong places. We're devoted to so many other things than prayer. It's almost like prayer is a last resort effort. We get into trouble, we'll call a friend. We get into financial straits, we'll go see somebody that's got a little money instead of going right to the Lord who's in control of everything. We're devoted to many other things in prayer. You think about it like this. Hey, most of us all know when our favorite TV show's coming on. We're so devoted to that show that even our family and our close friends know not to call us at that certain time of night or she's not going to answer the phone. You got to watch that favorite show. Comes on at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever it may be. How can we expect to get close to God when we devote so much time to the TV more than we do to God? We devote more time to Facebook than we do to God. We devote more time to Instagram than we do to God. And we wonder why we're not feeling him. We wonder why at times we feel distance from him. We wonder why he's not moving amongst us. Why he's not touching our lives. Too much junk in the way. God's saying, how can you develop a close relationship with me when you won't even give me 15 minutes of your time? 15 minutes. It's hard for us in our society to slow down for 15 minutes other than when we're asleep. We'll give a TV a whole hour and we won't give God of the universe 15 minutes. We need to get dedicated to God. Would to God that people in our world would know not to call us at such an hour because that's when they're in the prayer closet. That's when he's spending time with the Lord. Don't call him at 7 because that's when he's spending time with God. Most of us that grew up during the 80s realm, we all cried at, at that time, I want my MTV. Guess what? We got it. And look what we got now. All this reality TV mess, most of it, the mess anyway, started at MTV. Supposed to be music television, show your videos to your favorite songs. Then it just kept escalating and, and tumbling and rolling and escalating. MTV, music television. We've got to stay connected to the Lord. What's something else that gets in the way between us and God and puts a distance between us? We have issues with idolatry. Many of us who grew up in those 80s, we remember the times of going back to the days when you only had three or four TV channels. Long before cable television ever came out. That's back in the days when the kid was a remote control. Go up there and turn that channel. Stand right there and hold the antenna. Turn that knob on top of the TV. I used to turn that thing just to listen to the noise it made. It made one unique noise and nobody, I've never heard it ever made again. While that antenna was turning on top of the... My grandpa was always mad about that. I'd be messing his TV up all the time. <laughs> Wouldn't be able to get to see his old Kung Fu movies. <laughs> Things come on late Saturday night. 
Them guys wouldn't speak about three words in a sentence, but their mouth would move 100 miles an hour. We have issues with idolatry. <clears throat> What's in the way of you and God? What's an idol? It's not just a statue or something that we bow down to or worship. An idol can be anything or anyone that we put before God. Anything or anyone who has a higher priority in our life than God. He, it, or she can become an idol in your life. If they get more priority in your life than God, that's when they become an idol. I don't want you to get mad at me this morning. I'm just trying to speak as real as I know how. And what it means is that, you know, our sweeties can become an idol. Our children can become an idol. Your gym membership can become an idol. Your family can become an idol. Our jobs can become an idol. Our hobbies can become idols. Our favorite sports can become idols. I said it before and I'll tell you again that God doesn't take the second place well. God has blessed us. He's been so good to us far beyond anything that we ever could deserve. And yet we'll still put things before him. And yet he'll still have mercy on us. Two ways for us to know if something is an idol. Number one, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Other than go to the restroom. What's the first thing you do? First thing you wake up in the morning. Most likely, majority of us probably go and grab our phone, check out Facebook. What happens in our life is this is becoming an idol. Whoever would have thought these things would become our lifeline? We can't go nowhere to do nothing without them. This is the society we live in. First thing we ought to do in the morning is ask the presence of God to be in our lives. I try my best most of the time. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I say, God, thank you for another day. God, help me to, you know, just be the best person I can be today. I'm not saying you got to bow down, you know, get in sackcloth and ashes and, and pray the Holy Ghost of heaven down on, upon your household that day. I'm just talking about a few minutes and, you know, God, thank you for a good night's rest. Bless us as we go through this day. God's willing to accept that. He just wants to hear from his children. When things go wrong, number two, when things go wrong, who's the first person you call? If your, first, if your first call is not to God when things go wrong, then we're revealing that we're where we're getting our strength from. You're getting your strength from your friends, you're getting strength from God. That first call you make is where you run to for help. Something else we can do in our life that, that draws distance between us and God is we're distanced by doubt. Doubt will hinder God from working in your life. Doubt will limit our ability to see God's hand in our lives. Doubt will hinder the vision of God. Doubt will hold back what God wants to do in your life. Turn with me. We'll be done here quickly. Turn with me, Mark in chapter 6. We'll just start in verse number 1. <clears throat> and he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? 
and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without, without honor in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. And verse number 5 sums it up and he said he could do there no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and he healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. He went back to his hometown. When he walked into his hometown, he was ready and willing to heal, to cure, to save. He was willing to do whatever he needed to do for his people. His own hometown. And yet when he walked in, there was so much unbelief. There was so much doubt in what he was able to do. It was not, he was not able to do any mighty miracles there, save just a few folks he was able to heal. Could you imagine how much bigger our Bible would be if they, if they had lifted that hindrance of doubt off of him? In Nazareth, the doubt hindered the mighty hand of God. Jesus said, I wanted to do more. I wanted to show you my glory. I wanted to heal diseases. I wanted to make ways out of no ways for you, but I couldn't do it because y'all doubted me. We need to take the limits off of our faith and off of our God so he can work in our life. We need to quit putting limitations upon God. God, I want you working in my life. But that little area right there, you're not allowed there. God, I want to see you working in my life. But that little section of my heart over there, you can't get in. You can't get in. We need to be able to believe that God can do whatever needs to be done. God can work things out in ways that would just blow our mind. Problem is, we've got to get out of the way. We get in the way so many times. God wants to work and he wants to do the miraculous, but our doubt hinders him from doing the miraculous. We'll pray, God, I, I know you can heal that person, but that's not belief. Believe something great can be done. You say, well, what if something great's not done? You believed it anyway. God, heal that person from their disease. Okay, I'll take them home to heaven. That's a far better place than having them here on earth and suffering. got to believe that God is big enough for any situation. If it's a miracle that needs to be done, he can do it. If it's an enemy that needs to be handled, he can handle them. Man, you just need to read through the Old Testament. See how he handled all those enemies of the nation of Israel. He always had a plan. He always had somebody willing to do it. If it's a sickness, God can heal it. If it's a lost soul, God can save it. we got to believe that God is able to do anything abundantly above all that we ask or think. God's willing. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We just got to believe that God's able to do it. If we have doubt, we distance ourselves from him. Now lastly, something else that puts a great distance between us and God. Unconfessed sin in our life. If I don't get a lot of amens through here, I understand. I hope God will speak through your heart. I don't know who you are in here this morning. If you're lost, I pray you get saved. If you need the Lord, this old-fashioned altar will be open. Invitation time, you come on down. We'll have somebody take the Bible and show you through the Word of God how you can know Christ as your Savior. But what happens in our life many times is we're living in this society. We're living in this world. We'll get caught up in some things. We'll make some bad decisions. We'll get sin in our life. Psalm 66 and verse number 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
If we have areas of sin in our life that we will not confess up to God, then our prayer life will be hindered. Your prayer life will be hindered if there is sin in your life. When we bow before God, you know, you know God knows and you know that you know that there is sin in your life. You'll walk up to this altar and you can pray as hard as you want to pray. But until you get off of that high horse of pride and you say, God, I'm a wicked, awful sinner, would you please forgive me? Until you do that, God's not going to hear you. You try all you want to. It'll be like trying to plow on some dry ground. You just ain't breaking through. We can put the dog on for everybody else. But there's one person you'll never fool. That's God. In Psalm chapter 53 and verse number 1, in David's repentant psalm, he makes a statement there. He says, my sin is ever before me. He said, my sin is ever before me. What he is saying here, he's saying, my sin is always in front of me. As Nathan the prophet revealed to him uh, the sin that he had, had taken with Bathsheba and all the things that transpired around that, the murders, the lions, the cheat, all these things, he thought he had it covered up until God's man come along. He thought he had it taken care of. He thought he had the plan worked out. But David, when Nathan revealed to him that he was the man, and, got, and David said, my sin is ever before me. That meant wherever he went, my sin was ever before me. David couldn't function properly in life, and he couldn't see what he was supposed to be seeing because his sin was ever before him. It was right in front of him. No matter where he went, when he was ruling the kingdom, his sin was ever before him. He thought he had it hid up under the roof, but his sin was ever before him. He was putting on a good show in front of everybody. He was going through the motions. But David knew God wasn't on his life. David knew what it was like to be with God and be so close-knit together, to have him, have him just blessing his life. All through those times, he goes through a midlife crisis and has an, an, an illicit affair and does all these things and it leads to, leads to a downward spiral, ruins his family, ruins the country. He never was the same after that. We're not islands unto ourselves. Know that. Every decision you make, every decision I make will affect all of us one way or another. You let a pastor go down, you let a youth pastor go down or a deacon go down, it's a bunch more going down with them. You need to pray a hedge around them. We're just human as everybody else. Only difference is we've got a calling on our life. Have areas in our sins that's not confessed. David said, my sin is ever before me. Man, even when he went down to prayer during that time in his life where he has not confessed it yet, he'd be sitting there, oh God, and sin's right there in front of his face. He wouldn't admit to it. The whole Lord has a way of letting you know when sin has not been dealt with. Well, we can be sitting in church today trying to get our worship on, and your sin is right in front of your face. You go and you try to pray, try to get through to God, your sin's right in front of you this morning. God says we have to deal with this. For the child of God, thank the Lord, we have 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9. The book of 1 John is written to the believers, not written to the lost folks. He said if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to the brothers and sisters in Christ in the book of 1 John. Now that does not give us a license to go out and behave and act any old way we want to. There are some things and some standards as God's children that we should never be a part of. And I'm not going to go down that road this morning because we'll be here to 1 o'clock. But for that lost person this morning here today, 
You need to repent of, of your sin. You need to turn and get saved. I don't know who you are. We've had some people in the last few weeks raising their hand. Has not come forward yet for salvation. Repent means to do a complete 180, not a 360. 360 puts you back where you came from. But if you do a 180, you're going in a different direction. You need to do a 180. You need to turn. John the Baptist went about preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance. Not a, don't hear a lot of preaching on that anymore. We need to repent of our sins. You say, how can I do that? I'm glad you asked. You need to realize that you're a sinner lost and on your way to a devil's hell. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Remember, Job had cried out, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. You're not going to get saved when you want to get saved. You'll get saved when God's calling you. Don't take for granted when the Holy Spirit is poking you on the heart. He's not going to do it every service. He's not going to do it during every message. There's a price that has to be paid for sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse number 6 describes all of our unrighteousness as filthy rags. And the best way to describe that is if you've been in an old operating room somewhere and you see all those old filthy rags laying around covered up with, with I'm sorry to make you sick, but pus and, and grossness and blood, that's what God sees that as. Filthy rags, dirty, nasty, filthy sin. Problem is in our society today, we have made too light of that word sin. We joke about it, we make fun about it, but sin is serious business. There's a price that had to be paid. God, for God so loved the world in John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus paid the price for sin for all of mankind. Romans chapter 10, the price had to be paid. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, it said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I love Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You say, well, who does that mean? Whosoever it is. So how do you know if you get saved? Did you call on him? Did you call upon the name of the Lord? It said, you shall be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Brother Jimmy, come get us a song ready. Let's all stand together this morning. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off any longer. Don't let anything stand between you and God. If he's calling you today, friend, I, pe I, I plead and beg with you. Come. Altars are open. What's your need here today? What's in between you and God? What's putting the distance there? Say, man, if I move up to the altar, somebody's going to think something's wrong with me. You better get it right with God. Forget about everybody else. You want to feel God in your life? You want to hear from God again? You want to feel His touch on you? You've been missing that? Come get it right. Every head bowed, every eyes closed this morning.
to all the children of God here this morning. If you know there's been a time in your life that you can remember when you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, you know 100% for sure you're on your way to heaven. Why don't you just raise your hand on up and praise the Lord for it. Appreciate those hands. If you have a need this morning for the child of God, why don't you come on down and pray? Something standing in between you and the Lord, you want God's touch back on your life? Come on up to the altar and get it right. My call goes out to the one that's in here this morning. You've been struggling with this issue of salvation. You've never, not to your acknowledgement, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. There's never been a time in your life where somebody took the Bible or, or you prayed to God and asked Him. Said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm on my way to hell. But I believe that you went to the cross of Calvary for me. You're putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work that was done on Calvary's cross. somebody here this morning needs to be saved, I pray you come on down. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning. I wouldn't call you out if my life depended on it. Salvation serious business. You're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next minute. You better make sure you got it right before you leave here. I don't know how the Lord spoke to you this morning. If you have a need, the altars are open. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'm here waiting for you. Heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. Nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to know. Boy, after you get saved, you'll sure want somebody to know. Jesus bids you come. Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of the Lord this morning. Appreciate Jimmy and his family being able to be with us here today, helping us out with song service. Appreciate their service for the Lord. Be in prayer for the pastor and Miss Renee as they travel away from us. Many others who are traveling as well. Don't forget about this coming Sunday for our civil servant services there. And I'm looking forward to a good time of the Lord. Remember, no services tonight. Drama team back here at 2 o'clock. Get ready for a long afternoon of good hard practice. We'll get everything situated. Looking forward to a good time in the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, help us, Lord, to not put anything between ourselves and you. God, may we have a life that just flows freely of the things of God. That way, when others get around us, Lord, people will know that we're your child. Father, I know we have to live in this world, and it's a tough, hard fight sometimes, and a battle. God, you'll give us the strength to endure anything. God, bless your people now as they go their separate ways and back to their homes. Father, I pray the Lord you give them all a good afternoon. Father, we thank you for Jesus this morning. It's in his name we do pray. Amen.